Welcome in another special episode of the What's Right with Nick Wright podcast and YouTube shows. We continue our countdown of the 50 best players of the last 50 years in the NBA. We've gone through the rules. We've gone through the honorable mentions. We are now into the top 25 guys. I highly encourage you. If you're just now joining us, check out the previous episodes of this. We give some love to some overlooked guys in NBA history, guys like Bob McAdoo or... Sidney Moncrief or Bernard King, but we also deep dive on guys you actually might have an opinion on, like Allen Iverson or Russell Westbrook or Dwight Howard. All of that in the previous episodes, but now we are to the 25 best players of the last 25 years. You're going to see a handful of active players still remaining, and this is where the rankings become incredibly difficult. And some would argue no player was more difficult to rank than number 25. Number 25. James Harden. So Harden's regular season resume is of one of the 12 best players of the last 50 years. Six times he's been All-NBA first team. Throw a third team in there as well. He not only, he has one league MVP, but what's more impressive than that, three times he has finished second and six times in his career. All of his first team All-NBA seasons, he was first, he had a top five MVP finish. He's a three-time scoring champ, including one season scoring 34 points per game, one season scoring 36 points per game. He also has an assist title. So who's won a scoring title and an assist title? Well, Wilt did it. Tiny Archibald did it. LeBron did it. Russ did it. James Harden did it. From 2015 to 2020, his peak in Houston, that is a five-year, six-year run, he was 31-6-8 and eight over five years. 31 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists per night. His career averages are 25, 6, and 7, and that includes the beginning of his career when he was a role player and then a sixth man, where he won sixth man of the year, by the way, for Oklahoma City. He has 23 career, 50-point games. 23 times he's gone for 50. Fourth most all-time. Wilt, Michael, and Kobe are the only ones with more. He has four career 60-point games, third most all-time, tied with Michael behind only Wilt and Kobe. So that's the regular season stuff. That is an all-time transcendently great regular season player. So why is he only the 25th best player of the last 50 years? Because the postseason stuff is, let's call it a mixed bag. Started off pretty well. He had a 30-point, 5-rebound, 7-assist, 4-steal game off the bench in as a bench player in 2012 in the Western Conference Finals, a series they would end up winning to go to the finals. But then in the finals, he struggled mightily. And some would say, I think it's because the ownership in Oklahoma City was cheap, but whatever. Some would say that's one of the reasons they then traded him to Houston. He lost in the first round in Houston in 2013, and he lost in the first round in Houston in 2014. 2014 was the Dame Lillard game the game where Dame Lillard hit the first of his two career series-winning buzzer beaters. But in that Dame Lillard game, the final game of that series, game six, a game they lost by one on a last-second shot, he had 34 points, four rebounds, six assists, four steals, and shot 60% from the field. So at that point, it's like, oh, aside from those finals, James Harden building a good regular season resume, solid postseason performer. 2015 playoffs, the next year, Finally gets his first playoff series win with the Rockets and starts off pretty well. 
He had a 42-5-9 and in round one to go up 3-0. In round two, he's part of a 3-1 comeback against the Clippers. That sounds great, but it wasn't really. Game six, the big comeback game, he was glued to the bench, and he wasn't a part of the comeback. Then in the Western Conference Finals against Golden State, you look at the box scores, and it seems okay. It's like, oh, the Rockets were overmatched. He had 28-11-9-4 in game one, a game they only lost by one. He had 38-10-9-3 in game two, a game they only lost by one. Game one, they actually lost by four, pardon me. He had 45-7-9-5 in game four, and they're like, wow. And they won that game, but they were down 3-0. How serious was Golden State in that game? And then in game five, he was two for 11 and had 12 turnovers. And amazingly, that would be one of three different two-for-11 playoff games Harden has. In 2016, they lose to Golden State in round one. In 2017, he's good and very good in round one. They're playing the overmatched Thunder. For the series, he's 33-6-7, but 40% from the field, six turnovers. And then that year, he had one of the most bizarre games I've ever seen. Game six, second round against the Spurs with no Kawhi Leonard. He has another two for 11, and they lose by 39 points. It's like, wait. The next year, though, they get Chris Paul. They win 65 games. He's excellent in the regular season. He wins league MVP. He opens the playoffs with a 44 and 8. Opens the Western Conference, Western Conference Finals with a 41, 4 and 7. But they lose. He has 30 in game four. They even the series. They win game five despite the fact that he's not very good. But game six and seven, he has 32 in each game. But Chris Paul's gotten injured. The Rockets are up 15 in both games. They lose both games. Uh, by the, They're not even close at the end, despite being up 15, home for game seven. And he's six for 25 from three in, that, in the final two games of that series. 2019, Western Conference semifinals. You look at the raw numbers, 35-7-5. and five. You're like, wow, that's pretty damn good. But if you watch that series, what, what happened in that series? It's 2-2. Game 5, KD goes down, and they can't win another game. Game 6 in Houston, Steph has zero points at the half. The Rockets are going to win that game. Then Steph explodes for 30. Harden doesn't do much, and they lose. And so that's, and that's the end of it. Then he goes to Brooklyn, doesn't do anything in the postseason, goes to Philly, and right now, as we're recording this, struggled throughout the postseason. And so all this regular season stuff, but real struggles in the postseason, even though the overall numbers, his career in the postseason in Houston, he averages 26, 28, 6, and 7 in 85 career playoff games. And he has two conference finals appearances. But if you watch him, you know the biggest moments have not been kind to him. So that's the full James Harden resume. It's why he's the 25th best player, no higher, no lower, over the last 50 years. We have a couple different James Harden uh, callers. Let's let them chime in. Hey, Nick. You're on from Fox Sports. First time, long time. So here is my question about James Harden. How can a player who has a career playoff shooting percentage under 43%, I believe it's 426 and who has never made the final since leaving OKC, where he was a six-man, be even in the top 25. Thanks, I'll hang up and listen. Do we have another James Harden caller? Hey, Nick, it's Brian from Philly, and I got a couple questions for you. Now, I absolutely love James Harden because he's leading my 76ers in the playoffs, but does he have some rings that I just don't know about? Because you got him ranked above guys like Scottie Pippen, who have six rings. 
You also got a ranked above guys like Kawhi Leonard, who has two rings and two finals MVPs. Does James Harden play defense? Because that same guy, Kawhi Leonard, who has two finals MVPs and two rings, oh yeah, he was a defensive player of the year two times. Last question, Nick. How do you have a guy in your top 25 who has never made a finals appearance as a starter? How does that happen? Answer those questions for me, Nick. So those are fair points. and But the, the here's the answer to those questions. The answer to those questions is simple. His regular season resume is that of one of the greatest players of all time. And so you say, how does he above Scottie Pippen? Like, I understand Scottie Pippen has six rings and Harden has zero. But Harden has six times been top five MVP, four times been first or second. So like Kawhi Leonard, I understand having Harden ahead of Kawhi seems controversial. Kawhi's obviously a better playoff performer. But Harden's regular season resume so far outstrips Kawhi, I think it's a fair ranking. Like I said, he's one of the hardest guys to rank. That's why we spent so much time on him there. We will now turn the page, move on to number 24. Number 24, John Stockton. So John Stockton is also very difficult to rank because he's a longevity guy. All-time leader in assists and steals, and it's not close. He has 15,800 assists. That's 3,700 more than second place. He has over 3,200 steals. That's 600 more than second place. Two-time first-team All-NBA, six-time second-team All-NBA, three-time third-team All-NBA. But he never had a single top-five MVP finish. We just told you Harden, who I have him ahead of, six times was his top-five MVP. Stockton finished seventh once, but he won nine assist titles. He won two steals titles. He's five-time All-Defense, and he played 19 seasons. 17 times he played every single game. The guy was, the longevity will never be matched, and he's the all-time leader, and no one will ever catch him in assists. I don't think anyone will ever catch him in steals. Over a decade of his prime, he averaged 16 points, 13 assists per game. He has a little context here in the regular season. Double-digit assist games. 863. 863 times John Stockton had 10-plus assists in a game. 34 times he had 20-plus assists in a game. What about the postseason? So again, similar to Harden is where he gets tough. He was the second-best player on two finalists. He averaged 10 assists per game for 182 career playoff games. He has 100 career double-digit assist games and four career 20-assist playoff games. Does he have any great playoff games, though? Just a handful. A lot of really solid ones. But in the Western Conference semifinals in 1988, he put up a 23-point, 24-assist, five-steal game. That's pretty damn good. And then a 29-point, 20-assist game against the Lakers in the 88 Western Conference semis in the 28 and 29-point, 20-assist game was a game seven. He averaged 19 and 16 for that series, but they lost that series. The Lakers did go on to win the title. Uh, And so that, to me, is it's relevant, but I know it probably doesn't move you. And then his best individual moment, he hit the game winner. Uh, to send the Jazz to the finals and scored the final nine points of that game against Houston, breaking Charles Barkley's heart uh, and and scored 25 points with 13 assists in that game. 
And that's about it. Like, he had, uh, he had amazing consistency and amazing longevity. But if you go through his full career playoff game log, I just gave you the three games that jump out. So what do you do with a guy like that? Most assists of all time, most steals of all time, unbelievable longevity, was the second best player on two finalists, but never had the individually great moments that were not consistently and not more than a handful. I think 24th is fair. I think it's hard to say Harden's had a better career than John Stockton had. Neither won a ring. Stockton at least got closer. Stockton at least played, you know, did it for such a long period of time. It is a bit of a compiling award, I understand. But when you compile your way to the most ever, I think top 25, 24th, the last 50 years makes sense. We have a John Stockton caller for us now. Nick, as much as I'd like to argue with you about putting John Stockton 25th on your list, it's kind of hard, just simply because I don't know who is in your top 24, except that Carl Malone must be among them. And that, my friend, is a mistake, because if there was a driving force of that Utah Jazz team, it was John Stockton. If there was a true killer and clutch player, it was John Stockton. And I dare say, if there was anybody responsible for Carl Malone being as high on the scoring list, all-time scoring list, as he ended up being, it was John Stockton. All right, so that's my friend Rick Buecher, and I understand he's inextricably tied to Carl Malone. Spoiler alert, I have Malone ahead of him. You got to have one ahead of the other. Malone was better. Malone was the guy who you are, you, you are at least I am, more convinced would have worked without Stockton. How many of Stockton's assists would have come without Malone? A lot but he wouldn't have the numbers he does quite to the same level. But a guy who was that good of a defender for that long, the all-time assist leader, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't have a super passionate John Stockton take, but when you're the all-time leader in two major categories, I feel like you deserve to be the top 25 of the last last 50 years. So that's where John Stockton is. We will come back with one of my favorite players ever and one of the most underrated players ever as we round out players 23 and 22. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright podcast special edition. 50 best players of the last 50 years in NBA history. We just gave you players 25 and 24, James Harden and John Stockton. We now move to player 23 
who I think historically speaking is a tad underrated when you really dive into what he did and what he accomplished. He is an iconic player because, honestly, of how god dog good he looked in a uniform, the most chiseled arms you'll ever see in NBA history, and because, you know, he was in the Navy and missed the first two years of his career, came to the NBA and was immediately excellent. Number 23, David Robinson. Four-time first-team All-NBA, two-time second-team All-NBA, four-time third-team All-NBA. So for 10 years, he's one of the three best centers in basketball at a time where there were some unbelievable centers. 94, 95, 96. Second-place MVP, won the MVP, second-place MVP. So a three-year stretch where either won the MVP or came in second each three years. One-time Defensive Player of the Year, eight-time All-Defense, he won a scoring title, a rebounding title, and a blocks title. His first seven years in the league, he was 26 and 12. Now, he came into the league older than most because he had to do those two years in the Navy. But for seven years in the league, 26 and 12, then he got hurt. It was one of the most fortuitous injuries in NBA history because because he was hurt, the Spurs totally tanked and they ended up getting Tim Duncan and then they immediately won a title. Now, people act like that when they won the title... David Robinson was not a huge part of that. He was not a huge part of the second title they won with Duncan when he was still there. Duncan obviously won five. He won two with Robinson. The one in 03, Robinson was a role player at best. In 99, however, Robinson was excellent. We'll get to that. So what are his big postseason moments? Similarly to Stockton, David Robinson doesn't have a bunch of, oh my God, eye-popping postseason moments. Only one career 40-point playoff game. But amazing postseason consistency and did have some great postseason moments. 1993, down in the series to Charles Barkley and the Suns, Western Ireland semifinals, throws up a 36-16. and 16. In 1995, to get to the Western Ireland finals for the series, averaged 30-16. and 16. Now, unfortunately, his reward for getting to the Western Conference Finals was to play Akeem Olajuwon, who was furious that David Robinson won the MVP, and Akeem just uh, annihilated him the entire series. But Akeem is going to show up very, very high on this list. Losing to Akeem, there's no shame in that. In 96, it is one of his first games after Akeem had annihilated him the previous year, he has his one career 40-point playoff game, 40-21, and 21 and averaged 30 and 12 for that series and sent Charles Barkley home again. So that, not I shouldn't say again, 93 Charles beat him, but he got even with Charles in 96. And then in the 99 Spurs, this is the point I was making earlier. Those 99 Spurs went 15 and two in the playoffs. He was clearly the second best player on that team. And in the finals, he averaged 16 points and 12 rebounds. So the idea that he didn't have a big role in that is a historical. Now, what is interesting is, and one other David Robinson note, is David Robinson, there used to be this thing called the IBM Award, where they would, they created some algorithm, pre, you know, algorithms becoming popular in NBA parlance, put in people's numbers, said who's the best player in the league. And almost every single year, David Robinson won it. Jordan was playing, Robinson won it. Akeem at his peak, Robinson won it. Now, that overstated Robinson's dominance but I do think people these days forget about how good he was during his peak in the late, from the very late 80s until his injury in 96. However, that is a bit of a testament 
to one of the flaws even back in the early 90s with some of the basketball algorithms. They're going to reward high-efficiency, high-rebounding big men and make them seem a touch better than they are. If that reminds you what's happened with Nikola Jokic, where the numbers say he's the best player in the league, when he's clearly one of the 10 best players in the league, but nobody watches the game actually thinks he's the best player in the league, that is what's happening to Nikola Jokic. So there is the 23rd best player of the last 50 years, one David Robinson. Now, oh my God, I almost, I almost skipped our caller. I thought the David Robinson commentary was so good, I didn't need any addition. Let's go to the caller. I assume the caller is going to say, Nick, that was brilliant, even though this was recorded before I actually said that. What does the caller have to say about David Robinson? So let me, let me see if I get this right. You have David Robinson, the admiral, at 23. Yeah, see, this is just disrespect, and it continues to happen against the San Antonio Spurs. You've got Barkley, Malone, KG, and Dirk all ahead of him, which makes no sense. Rookie of the year, MVP, defensive player of the year. He led the league in blocks, points, rebounds. Those were in different years, by the way. Two rings. He was the best player on one championship team, the second best player on another one. And P.S., how is Charles Barkley? No offense. I love Chuck. But how is he ahead of the Robinson? Robinson titles, finals appearances, points, rebounds. This is flat-out disrespect. I won't have it. All right. First of all, much respect to Michelle Beadle and what appears to be about $40,000 worth of shoes behind her. A nice little stunt by Michelle Beadle, and I appreciate her joining us. And I know she's a Spurs fan. However, I cannot abide. There are some factors there. David Robinson was the best player on zero title teams. Tim Duncan was the best player on that team by a mile, won finals MVP unanimously. No one thought he was the best player on that team. And he was not the second. She said he was the best player on one finalist and the second best player on another. It's not true. He was the second best player on the 99 finalist and like the sixth best player on the 03 finalist and champion. As far as why do I have him behind other big men or, you know, post players like Barkley and Dirk, and that's not spoiling anything about the list. I haven't mentioned those guys yet. They're obviously going to be mentioned. I think you're going to see those guys have similar regular season resumes and greater postseason accomplishments. What they they didn't have was the ability to play with Tim Duncan. Color me crazy. I think if Barkley, you know, at at the tail end of his prime would have gotten Tim Duncan, he probably would have won some titles too. So I'm confident with where I have, with respect to Michelle Beadle, where I have David Robinson, 23rd best player of the last 50 years. Now we get to number 22. I was excited to get to one of my favorite players ever. Number 22, Kevin Garnett. Four-time first-team All-NBA, three-time second-team All-NBA, two-time third-team All-NBA. He won an MVP in 04. He finished second two other times. Five times he was top five. He won a defensive player of the year and 12 times all defense. One of the greatest defensive players of his era. I think you could argue the best defense, the best defensive players who also impacted you on offense. So I'm not talking about Ben Wallace or Dennis Rodman. I'm talking about guys who who could could drop 30 on you and were great defenders, one would argue of the last 30-some years, it's Akeem Duncan and then Kevin Garnett. He won the rebounding title four times from, from his age 21 season through the year he won the championship in Boston. So that's 11 years because his career numbers are hurt by the fact that he came into the league at 18 and he played super long. But if we take his 11-year prime, age 21 season until the title year in Boston, he averaged 22 points, 12 rebounds, 
five assists and three steals and blocks combined. He is one of only two guys his, his height or taller with 5,000 assists or more. It's him and Kareem. 6'11 guys with at least 5,000 assists. And so his passing is underrated. Now the postseason stuff with KG is difficult because he does have two finals appearances and I would argue he was the best player on the 08 Celtics. I think it's inarguable. He's, it's certainly inarguable he was the best player that regular season. Paul Pierce won finals MVP. I think it should have gone to KG. The next year he got hurt and then he's on the team obviously in 2010. At that point, is he still the best player? I'm not sure. They lose that brutal seventh game to the Lakers and Kobe. However, prior going to Boston, to Boston, he went to the playoffs seemingly every year in Minnesota and got out of the first round once. So let's talk about this. In 03, when he had had five straight first round defeats, he has 35, 20, and seven, and 33, 14, four, and four to go up 2-1 on the defending champion Lakers in 03 in round one. Averages for the series, 27 points, 16 rebounds, five assists. But they lose the next three and they go home in round one again. How much is that on him? Not much. Second best player on that team was Troy Hudson. But it was once again a first round exit. The next year he finally got some help. Latrell Sprewell, Sam Cassell. So, and they got to the Western Conference Finals. The run there, first game of the playoffs, he throws up a 30 and 20. He averaged 26, 15, and 7 that series against Denver for his first career series victory. Then the Western Conference semifinals faces a game 7 against Chris Webber in Sacramento. Keep in mind when I tell you these numbers for this game 7, the final score was 83 to 80. So 83 points his team scored. In that game, he had 32 points, 21 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals, 5 blocks. In a game that was 83 to 80. He carries them to the Western Conference Finals. Average for that series, 24, 15, and 4 overall to get to the Conference Finals. In the Western Conference Finals, they're in rough shape. They're playing the Lakers. That's going to be a tough matchup for them. Now, Shaq only averaged like 20 points in that series. KG defended them well. KG, how, and he had 30 and 19 down 3-1 to force a game six, but they were never winning that series. And then he misses the playoffs for three straight years until he goes to Boston. On that run to the title in Boston, however, he had 26 and 16 in game five against LeBron in Cleveland in round two. He had 20 and 11 average for that series against LeBron in Cleveland. In the conference finals in game five, he had a 33 and seven to go up 3-2 on Detroit. And in the title clinching game, the anything is possible game, had 26 and 14 for the finals, averaged 18 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, and I think should have been finals MVP. Had the all-time great anything is possible moment. One of the greatest defenders ever. One of the greatest prep to pro players ever. We're talking about high schoolers to go pro. It's got to be LeBron, Kobe, Moses, KG. Those are your top four by a mile. He also, his relentlessness probably worked against him. He was so intense, I think it probably hurt him a bit. I I give him a slight bonus point for underrated acting performance and uncut gems. 22nd greatest player of the last 50 years, one Kevin Garnett. We have a caller on Garnett before we move on. Hey, Nick, it's your old friend, Mr. Kilborn. I'm a big fan of yours. However, your East Coast snobbery is showing you're treating Minnesota like a flyover state. KG is a Timberwolf, not a Celtic. Obviously, he had the team championship in Boston, but individually, 
He was the league MVP in Minnesota, and he had his best years as a Timberwolf. Just a quick heads up. Also, if Larry Legend is not in your top five, this list is not legit. It's what we call a debacle. Thanks for listening, Nick. Proud of you. Well, look at Craig Kilborn there. First of all, I didn't know he was my old friend. We've never spoken, but I now say we are friends. That was exhilarating. That was exciting. Second of all, there's no East Coast snobbery. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. I am Midwestern born. And KG, I wanted to have him higher. And I'm not going to reveal the other people on the, the order of the people on the list. But was KG better than Barkley? Was he better than Dirk? Dirk, some will argue, Dirk has the six most points ever. Dirk's championship, he didn't have Paul Pierce and Ray Allen with him. I love KG, 22. I'm very comfortable with his spot there. Quick break, come back with some of our toughest decisions yet as we get into the top 21. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, so there it is. We have now gone through players 50 through 22 of the 50 best players of the last 50 years in NBA history. Top 21 is incredibly difficult, and I will admit it is still fluid because you have six guys in the top 21 that are active players. Now, right now in your head, you're probably thinking, you're like, I know he's going to have LeBron in there. We haven't heard KD. We haven't heard Steph. We haven't heard... Wait, I know you can think of five of the six, but have you been paying close enough attention to the list to figure out who the sixth of those six active players are? No spoilers, but did two of them play each other in a playoff series this year? Maybe. We'll discuss that, and we will get into what is the impossibility of ranking the top 20 players in order of the last 50 years. That's next week on What's Right with Nick Wright. 